At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Liz, what's on the whiteboard today? Oh, let me check. It says, be like a proton, always positive. Good one. I like it. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll talk about why it's not just okay, but actually important to ask for help. Then we'll share why puttering isn't just for old folks. No, it's for me, too. (laughs) And finally, this week's Hollywood Hack will impress your colleagues and amp up the positive vibes in your office. But first, we have a couple updates. Yes, we got a ton of emails and posts on our Facebook group (laughs) about crying at work. Oh, my God. And we had to share this one from Trisha. She wrote... I was working for a great boss who put me in charge of PR for a new account at our agency. Our in-person client kickoff meeting in New York was a disaster. The woman CEO ignored my presentation and contributions and was openly flirting with my less experienced but older male colleague who was supposed to be my junior on the account. Word came back from the client that they wanted him to lead their team, not me. I knew three times more about the subject matter and had all of the industry contacts, but no matter. My boss took me out for coffee and told me. I burst into tears of frustration. Then the worst part compounded the awkwardness and embarrassment by blurting out, I never cry. It's just because I'm on my period. (laughs) My boss was cool, but I was totally mortified. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I know. That's like the most horrifying thing. Uh, I'm glad Trisha's boss was cool about the crying, yes. uh, but I don't know if I'd ever be able to face my boss again I know. after that. Well, she doesn't say if her boss is a man or a woman. Yes. I'm like, I'm dying to know. Trisha, if you're listening, please let us know. I assume it was a woman. You know, who knows? I mean, the story is even funnier it's, if it's a guy. It's a much better story if it's yeah. a guy. <laughs> Um, but it seems like most of us have cried at work. Oh, my God, um, yes. Chuck, our producer, mentioned <laughs> that Steve Jobs would cry in front of his employees. Yes. And so we looked up that. And, yes, he was well known to cry. It was a treasure trove of Steve Jobs crying stories. Yeah, he would cry when he was frustrated. Like, reportedly, he cried when they didn't use his photo on the cover of Time. And instead, they used a photo of a laptop. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he cried, oh, he cried apparently when his badge, his um, Apple badge, said number two instead of number one, which is interesting. It's kind of like I get it. I might cry about that too if I'm Steve Jobs and I 
you know, built Apple and then suddenly I'm number two. Who was I wonder who number one was? I don't know. (laughs) I believe it was Steve Wozniak. Ah, that makes sense. Oh, yes. (laughs) But yeah, having said it's okay to cry at work, it does seem a bit annoying that Steve Jobs was crying over being number two. Well, it seems like when he cried, it was sort of a I've been slighted kind of thing. Yeah. But didn't we also hear that he would cry over design things? Like if something wasn't as great as he wanted it to be, he would cry. So I think he was was a crier. He was a crier. I'm a crier, so I get it. For those who cry at work, you're in good (laughs) company. Steve Jobs, us, and probably everybody else. Yes. (laughs) Okay, Liz, it's time to move on to our second update. Um, In episode 59, we tried to figure out if we should be using the word actress or Mm. if we should be referring to all people who act as actors, regardless of their gender. Um, And we just utterly failed to figure out where we stand on this particular Mm. issue. Um, So we asked you, and we got some really interesting and fantastic responses. Yeah. And the one that really edified us was from Valerie, who's an assistant professor of theater. And she wrote, I implore you to adopt the practice of using the term actor for actors across the gender spectrum. There are a host of reasons why this is good practice, the origins for which are rooted in theater history when women were kept from the profession because of the dangers of being subjected to the male gaze. In fact, the threat of the male gaze even kept women from attending the theater unless accompanied by a male companion. Acting is one of the only professions that continues to identify artists according to their gender. All other art forms are free from these constraints. We have no difficulty with the terms artists, painters, sculptors, writers, musicians, including violinists, etc. Outside of the arts, there are lawyers, accountants, executives, doctors, analysts, etc., Even in professions that are considered gendered, like teaching and nursing, there is no clear delineation in the titles. Would you want to be continually referred to as female writers, female producers, or female showrunners? Your gender does not define your artistry. The only other profession where we tolerate this identification is in the service industry, which is related to dealing in the pleasures of others, hostess, waitress especially in Hollywood where actors are especially subject to the gaze of others and for all of the scrutiny that comes along with it. It's time to let artists be artists. Plus, by adopting the term that relates not to gender but to the art form, you include those artists that don't identify with cisgender binaries. Well, I mean, enough said. I'm never saying actress again. Utterly persuaded. Yes. Thank you, Valerie, for schooling us. This is the definitive... (laughs) Um, treatise. And from now on, it's actors only. Yes. All right. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) And thank you to all of you for your emails and posts. We love hearing from you. If you have questions or comments about this or anything at all, email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Okay, Sarah, let's dive into From the Treadmill Desk of, which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And today, as we barrel closer to production on our new ABC show, The Fix, it's Ask for Help. Yes. Um, And what I love about this particular Treadmill Desk subject is that it applies to work and life and to every possible kind of work. Yeah, this actually came from Mary because um, we want to get a new Happier in Hollywood logo. Mm -hmm. And we asked Mary to find a graphic designer and she asked for help. 
Right. She realized I don't, she didn't know graphic designers. I mean, who does? <laughs> so she started asking around and she realized, God, I really should ask for help when I, you know, don't have that resource at my fingertips. Right. And some people are really good at asking for help. I think Mary is good at asking for mm-hmm. help. Some people are terrible at it. I'm really bad at it. I was going to say, what comes to mind is a story you told me that your first sentence you ever spoke was, I can do it myself. <laughs> Wasn't that? Let me do it. Yes. Let me do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you are not an asker of help. I am. Big Which time. is good. It's a good quality. In fact, that's how you and I kind of became friends, I think. I was often asking for your help in the newspaper office at school um, because I have no problem asking for help. Yeah. See, it makes life easier. Um, Although sometimes I think I take it too far. But in general, yeah. I mean, like, and we, our whole job is sort of asking for help. I mean, we have this whole, we're, you know, doing the show. Yeah. But we have to we have hired a writing staff and we have to ask for their help every single day. Yeah. And I think as a team, we ask for each other's help all the time in a in a work environment. Yes. You know, we help working out a scene, helping like if you have a doctor's appointment. uh, Hey, Sarah, can we reschedule this or that so that I can go to my doctor's appointment or, you know, and vice versa all the time. Yes. Um, And then we ask the writer's room for help this week. Yeah, we got notes um, on our outline um, from the studio. So we handed an outline for every episode and then we get notes from the studio and we do a a pass and then we get notes from the network and we got our studio notes and there were some, they were very good notes, but there were some things to figure out. So we went and sat down in the writer's room and said, okay, these are the notes and we brainstormed with everybody and it was incredibly helpful. Um, and I didn't feel the least bit bad about asking for help. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just a writing thing. Everyone in every job needs to ask for help sometimes. You know, somebody who has a big project and there's an area where you could use some support, like Mary just mm-hmm. said, I don't know a lot about this particular thing. Who knows about this? Who can help me? Yeah, and it's like I can say just being someone who has to pitch and I think a lot of professions have versions of pitch meetings yes. or client meetings. Presentations. Asking someone's help and listening to you do your presentation as, you know, rehearsing it is can make a huge difference in how you perform ultimately. Yes. And it's hard to ask sometimes, but the outcome can be so much better. Yes, we do that a lot. We practice and get feedback on many levels, you know, from many people. Yeah. When we do things. Yeah. And obviously in life, I mean, we've talked about you being an only parent, but I would think you need to ask for help sometimes. Although, again, you're so self-sufficient, you like never ask for help. But I do ask for help uh, on big stuff. You know, like I have asked people in my family to come and stay with me for like a month. Well, that's true. Or I asked my dad and Anna to go to (laughs) Hungary with me for two months. Yes. You know, like when I have kind of big areas where I need help, I definitely, definitely ask. And just to be, you know, sort of, um, I'm not cynical, but sort of cynical about it for a second. In the professional realm, when you ask someone for help, it usually makes them feel like more responsible for you and your success. Yes. So it can be a good thing to ask for help because then someone's invested in you. Right. And I think people sometimes think about it the opposite way. Right. Like if I ask for help, I look weak or I look like I can't do something on my own. 
that tends to be how I think about it. And it's really not the right way to think about it because you're so right. People want to feel valuable. It makes them feel good. Yes. And that goes for the personal life, too. Yeah. Although the one area I'd say that might not be true is moving. I have yet to meet the person who wants to be asked for help moving. Well, you know, sort of on that subject, we got a really interesting email from June. Um, We talked about giving people an out. Mm. And so she sent us this great email. She said, when I need someone to do something onerous or time consuming, like pick up dozens of items from a consignment sale or walk me through some some thorny technical problem with my computer, I put up a Facebook post to a limited audience or send what is clearly a group email, BCCing the recipients. I describe what I need, then say, there's no need to respond if you can't help. No one feels put on the spot, and I know that whoever volunteers won't resent the task. I almost always have at least one positive response. When I ask individual friends for favors, I always tell them that I have other options if they can't help. This is always true, even if the other options are not getting the task done or hiring someone. So this is like a combination of asking for help and giving people an out. I think it's brilliant. Yes, that is great. I love June's approach. Yeah. So if June was moving, for example, (laughs) she would send an email or do a Facebook post to a lot of people while giving them an out. And I bet somebody would volunteer to help. That's true. Maybe there is someone out there who likes carrying furniture. Somebody with a pickup truck who's available on Sunday. (laughs) You never know. It's worth checking. Coming up, we'll discuss the benefits of puttering, but first an ad break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, now it's time for Take a Hike, in which we talk about mental, physical, or spiritual health. And today it's mental. Putter around the house. Now, Sarah, you discovered this over the weekend, this puttering um, mental health trick. Yes. And oh, my God, it's amazing. I spent Saturday morning puttering around the house. I never, never putter. And it was it was deep. It was like it was almost like meditating. So what did you do in your puttering, first of all? Um, I don't even know how it started, which I think is one of the prime ways you know you're puttering. Right. You just suddenly find yourself doing it. Um, But I sorted through all of those. You know, we get screeners Mm, um, for uh, movie and TV screeners. We just get, I mean, a hundred of them a year, maybe more. Um, And they just pile up. So I sorted through my screeners. I went through a bunch of bookshelves and donated a bunch of books and got like five bookshelves down to three. I sorted through all of my jeans, which if that had been on my to-do list, I would have put it off for months. Right. But since I was just kind of there, I was just like, oh, I'll try these on. Oh, they're... 
several of them were too big, I'd like to say. So I donated them. So that encouraged me to keep going. Yeah. Um, but I nice. got like, you know, I put on and took off probably 20 pairs of jeans and got rid of a bunch and organized the others. I accomplished a lot while just feeling very kind of casual and relaxed and puttering. It sounds like it was refreshing. It was a delightful day. I used to call my um, my grandmother. Like, I, you think of puttering as being something that old people do. Right, yes. I would call my grandmother and say, what are you doing? And she'd say, oh, I'm just puttering around the house. <laughs> and it was, like, very sweet and sort of aimless and, and in my, you know, 25-year-old mind, kind of pointless. Now, I think she was a genius. It's the meditation thing. It, it, it like, takes you deep. It does. Well, and apparently... Um, it's also a physical thing for older people. Ah. Mary found an article um, that, you know, kind of comments on a study that said that older people who putter are much healthier. Yeah. Um, Sarah, here's a quote from a New York Times article called On the Art of Puttering. It states, puttering is small scale stream of consciousness problem solving. It is setting sail on a sea of random course changes. The day passes and you have long forgotten what you were looking for or that you were looking for anything at all. You feel as though you've accomplished a lot, though you have no idea what. Which is quite elegant, but I have to say I feel like I accomplished a lot and I do know what. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was another article that said, why do women love puttering? Um, But I don't don't know if, if puttering is a purely female thing. Well, I've been talking about how Adam seems to have taken up puttering. Uh-huh. He's got the whole workbench in the garage. Yep. And I feel like he's constantly puttering around in the garage. Yeah. And my dad was a world-class putterer, I have yeah. to say. Um, and it's funny because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like we've moved into the stage of life where Adam has taken up puttering. You have a puttering husband. Yes. <laughs> And it, he does end up getting a lot of things done, like right. fixing the toilet seat, something I would just have loved broken for, you know, 30 years. He <laughs> and his puttering has figured out, oh, this is how to fix a toilet seat. In a very low pressure way. Yes. Um, now, Sarah, since you mentioned this whole puttering thing to me, I realized <laughs> I have my own form of puttering, ah. which is self-care puttering. So that's like you do a mask, you tweeze your eyebrows, you trying on clothes, I think, and getting rid of clothes is part of it. Yeah. Using the pet egg on your foot, you know. Yes. Um, All these kind of things that I don't feel that I have time for in my normal day. Right. If I have like some time on a Saturday morning, like, you know, and I'm just, again, puttering around my bathroom. Yeah. That's where I can get a lot of self-care stuff done. Or, you know, putting on a a conditioner, a leave-in conditioner. That's like class A self-care puttering. (laughs) Um, And it really does feel rejuvenating because I feel like, okay, I've done all this stuff for myself. Now I'm like set. I'm reset. Really. Right. It's like a self-care spa day at home. Yes. And it do- and it and there is no pressure because there's no set agenda. Right. And I think that's a lot of it. Like you say, you wouldn't have gone through your jeans if it had been on your to-do list. I think the fact that puttering doesn't have an agenda makes it feel luxurious. Yes. And like time is just expanding before you. Yeah. And um, it's just relaxing. Yeah. And the one thing that's interesting about what you're saying to me is that 
I felt like when I was puttering around my house, I felt very connected to my space Mm. in a way that I usually don't. Yes. You know, like usually I just like move through my house in and out doing this, doing that, you know, and I'm not paying attention to anything. And I really felt when I was puttering like, oh, this is where I live. These these are the things that I have that I've forgotten Mm -hmm. about. This is kind of the space that I occupy and I felt much more like connected to it and aware of it. So in self-care, it's sort of the same thing. You're really kind of giving that attention to yourself and reminding yourself like, ah, this this is is me. me. (laughs) I'm valuable. I'm important. (laughs) Yes. You are, Liz. Thank you. Put her away. (laughs) What I love is that you accomplished a lot and you were relaxed. That's a key. More relaxed than going to a hotel. So relaxed. You know, interesting. Yeah. And what we have learned time and again over the years of our career is that the more relaxed and decompressed we are over the weekend, Mm -hmm. the more productive we'll be during the week. That's so true. And it almost takes a discipline to decompress over the weekend because, of course, We have a panic of getting things done and, you know, we want to just go, go, go. But what we have learned is that if we stop, the more we stop, the more we then do. True. And the more we stop, the more open we are to ideas coming in. Yes. You know, we talk about how if you're in the writer's room, you can go to the bathroom and have a great idea and come back with something that kind of changes the game of what you're doing. It's the same with decompressing over the weekend. Mm -hmm. If we're at home just sort of relaxing and letting our brains let go, often that great thing will come in. Yes. That we can then bring in on Monday. Yes. But you have to decompress to get it. Yes. So um, we'll see how we do with that. I know. <laughs> the it's puttering will help. We'll, we'll, yeah. Yeah. Let's like say we, we must putter at least two hours a weekend. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> do you putter? Are you a man or a woman putterer? If you haven't puttered, give it a try and let us know what great things you accomplish. Next up, we'll share a Hollywood hack that makes an impression. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, Liz, now it's time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is quotes of the day. Yes, in the writer's offices, we have this bullpen area where all the assistants sit. And every morning, the whiteboard would magically have a new quote of the day. Yes. All sorts of quotes, funny, inspiring, um, different every day. Um, The first one was aspire to inspire. Yesterday's was be happy. It drives people crazy. <laughs> Just funny. <laughs> and I like I looked forward to them every oh, day. I I've love gotten, them. Gotten very attached to them. Me too. Yeah. And the whiteboard is over an assistant named Caleb's desk. Yes. So I had been attributing the quotes to Caleb every day. And I was like, oh, Caleb, he's so witty. Oh, Caleb is really bringing it. Yeah. And we were like, hey, this is a great way for an assistant to make an impression, to stand out. Like, (laughs) this is a good tip. This is a good (laughs) hack. 
And then it came out that it's actually Mary who's putting the quotes up on the whiteboard every day. The whiteboard just happens to be over Caleb's desk. So although Caleb is wonderful and makes his own impression, it is Mary who is responsible for our wonderful quotes of the day. And they really do. I feel like they kind of bring a sense of community to the office. Yeah, it's a talking point. It is. And it's always a positive talking point. Um, So it's something that we can look forward to. Um, and it it's like just a little um, gift every morning. Yes. Stealing from happier gold star to Mary. Yes. Gold star, Mary. <laughs> and that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our producer, the amazing Chuck Reed and everybody at Sancola Sound. Thanks to the awesome ad team at Panoply. Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins, for helping us juggle the insanity of our lives. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram, at sfain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a fantastic Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Did you see we got the new logos? Yes. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> We're pondering. <laughs> I'm pondering. It's yeah. such a shift. I mean, it's a big change. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. <laughs>